Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Now, the number one goal is this. See, we want to teach them to be educated, good in sports, be in the paper, kind people, respecting to adults. Those things are wonderful. They're all good. But the primary thing you need to do in your homes is teach your kids to know God. It's spiritual. See, there's only two things that are eternal. Listen to me this morning. There's only two things that are going to last forever. Number one is the Word of God. The Bible says that. And number two is people. If you have children and you are a follower of Christ, then you're probably trying to raise godly children. But how is that done? It's not enough to take your kids to church and hope they become saved by osmosis or that VBS every summer will ensure they spend eternity in heaven. The number one factor in determining whether a child will seek a relationship with God, aside from their own choice, is you. A Christian parent must lead by example, not living one way at church and another at home. Scripture is clear about how believing parents should live, impressing the Word, in the hearts of your children day and night. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 13, with part one of our message entitled, Building Better Children. Jesus has been talking about marriage and divorce. He's been talking, and we've been studying those passages as we just go through the verses in Mark 10, and we come to an area today that's about the family and children. God designed a mother, female, and a male, and a baby. Now, it's very interesting to me that the world of nature has no trouble with that sequence. But humans, with our intelligence, don't get it. This is the way God designed it, in the way it should be. We're going to talk about the human family. Let's look at Mark 10, verse 13. And people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. It was a common practice in the day of Jesus, even before the days of Jesus, if you had children, to bring them to the rabbi to be blessed. It was a pretty common practice, and this word children there in the Greek gives you maybe a different connotation, but in the Greek that word children meant anywhere basically from babies to preteens, so it's a wide range. So what we have there, notice the disciples. They're watching this, and to get an idea, Jesus was probably in a little home or somewhere out in the area under trees, and as you can see at Christmas time when people walk for Santa Claus or if you're Disney, whatever, they're queuing up. So these people notice, here's Jesus. They're looking for their children to be blessed, so they're lining up with their kids. You can see the line. What is the reaction of the disciples to this lineup? 
Well, they're mad. And here's what the disciples are saying. You can see them going down a few people away from Jesus. And they get out here in the line and they say to the parents, take your kids home. Thanks for coming, but no thanks. Take your kids home. They rebuked him. They were saying, in essence, now they were trying to do right. What they were saying was, they were speaking for Jesus. And they were saying, you know, Jesus has more things to do than to bless little kids. I mean, children in those days were really down in the social status. They didn't have much worth. Not too much different in parts of our world today. So the disciples said, take your kids home. I mean, we're on the way to Calvary. We're on the way to learning what it means to be a disciple. We don't have time to play with your kids. There's more important things to do. We're in the process of discipleship. Now, look at verse 14. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. The Greek word for that means strong anger. In other words, when Jesus saw this, he was very angry. The only time we really see that he's angry at his disciples. I think it's very interesting. Why? And he said to them, his disciples, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. What Jesus was saying there was this. You, you disciples have spoken for me. You've gone down through the line and told the parents, take your kids home. But you've spoken for me out of turn. You think that children are not a priority to me. I've been trying to tell you what is a priority in the ministry. And we've gone through sickness and demons and, and the church and, and hypocrites, but you've missed it on the kids issue. Why would you tell them to go home? So what Jesus is saying to them is, he gives them, look at here, a double command. A double command. He says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. So what Jesus is really saying is, you have it wrong. Children are a priority to me. And then he's going to explain why. Verse 15. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, will never enter it. Jesus says, and whenever you see in the Bible, I tell you the truth, it means a very important principle is about to follow. So let's look at that again. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will what? How much is never? How many times out of a hundred is never? Never, 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 never. Not 80%, but never. So, what Jesus is saying, and you and I have to grasp what he's trying to say here. These little children were coming because the parents said, Jesus is a good guy, he'll bless you. So the children from that small age, four or five, up to preteens were coming in simple faith and trust of what their parents said, that if they would come to Jesus, he's a good guy, they would be blessed. Simple trust. So here's what Jesus says to his disciples. You guys haven't got it about the kingdom of God. As these children are coming, they're coming in simple trust. They don't have anything to offer me. They don't have five bucks to give me. They don't have, you know, here's what we did, what was good. We're just coming to you in simple belief of who you are. And Jesus says, that's the way everybody Adults included, get into the kingdom of God. 
Now, we have a great misconception of that in our day-to-day. That principle wasn't understood then. You see, most adults want to come to God by their good works, by being good enough. That's the way we figure we should get there. 56% of people surveyed reading their Bible said, the question was, how do you get to heaven? 56% of the people said, by doing good works enough to earn your way to heaven. That's 56% of the people who say they read the Bible. Now that's interesting to me because the Bible doesn't say that at all. That's more than half. So if we went through this audience today in a general sequence, hopefully you wouldn't believe that, but as we went through a general sequence of people that are sitting in churches all over the world today, more than half say, how do you get to heaven? By being good enough. And Jesus says, no, that isn't it at all. Here's how you get to heaven. By simply trusting in the person you're coming to, Jesus. Let me give an example. Let's call this salvation this morning. You know that every person's a sinner. To get to heaven, to be reconciled to God, you have to have your sins forgiven and accept Jesus Christ personally into your life. Ephesians says, for by grace are you saved, not works. Not works. It's a work that God already did on the cross. So here's what Jesus was saying. If you come this morning, you're a sinner, how do I get from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God? Well, I come, and if Jesus says, this is salvation, what do I do? What were the children doing? Receiving it. Simple faith, because Jesus said it, so it means it must be true. So the word says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I will be what? Saved. So how do I get to the kingdom of God? By simply trusting like little children. You see, but I want to say, well, I've been a good person. I take communion. I, I gave. I sang this morning. I'm here, Pastor Mark. And man, I was here on Easter. This is twice this year. What's the big deal? Come on. It's Father's Day. Man, in fact, I was here for Mother's Day. It's three times. I've really outdone myself. That's how I want to get to heaven. And Jesus says, this is very important. It's so basic for some of us. But notice what Jesus said. If you don't come and simply ask Jesus into your heart and believe that the work has already been done, how many times out of a hundred will you have a chance to get into heaven? Zero. Jesus says you will never get into heaven. So that's why he says, listen up. Hello, disciples. Let me show you how this is. So this morning, this is the same principle that Jesus is trying to say, and he's just saying to you and I as, as adults, listen up. This is how you teach your children. This is how you teach everybody in the church to become Christians. It has nothing to do with a church, our church, any church, creed. It has to do with what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Verse 16, And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them, and he blessed them. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, you want to know what I think of kids? You know what I think of kids compared to what you think I think of kids? Watch this. So you notice all these lines of kids are here. Jesus doesn't go, hey kids, thanks for being here. Have a great day. He doesn't go down the line and start patting them on the head. Nice, nice, Johnny, nice, nice. How many can get to me? What's he do? He takes them where? In his arms. Now, if the kid's a preteen and he's weighing 140, 150, how many of them can he take in his arms at once? Maybe two if he's a mountain, but one. So what is Jesus saying to his disciples? Hey, I'm taking time, listen, for each one 
of these children because they're special. I'll tell you why they're special later. So he puts his arms around them. There's something neat about a hug, isn't there? You know, the world's taken the hug and made it sexual and wrong, but there's something neat about a clean, loving hug. And so he says, these kids need to be hugged, and then he blesses them. Now, what does that mean? Does that convey salvation to them? No. You see, a blessing for me or any rabbi or anything means nothing. Your heart has to be changed. And that's why we don't baptize children. That's why we dedicate children to God. Because when they get old enough, and we'll talk about that in a minute, they must make their own decision for Jesus Christ. It isn't something a parent does, forces their kid into salvation to become a member of the church. It's something the child must do. What you've just seen there is this, that children are a priority to God. Can you see that? Children are a priority to God. Jesus knew that. So he says to the disciples, they're not down on the social status. They're very important to me. Now, if Jesus has high regard for children, if God has high regard for children, how should the church treat children? With what? High priority. In other words, one of the one we started this church, one of our goals was obviously to teach the Word of God, have contemporary music, be casual in our form of worship. You can come however. But one of our priorities was ministry to kids and youth. It's still our priority today. An adult could serve God really anywhere. Kids need to have quality, excellent education in the Word. Turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Well, let's see what Jesus does as far as children when he reverts back to the book of Genesis. It's interesting to me, how many know that God could have cloned every child as an adult, 21-year-old, and started that way? Those of you that have teenagers around 15, 16, 17, don't you wish God would have cloned them at 21 and just dropped them into your house, right? Those of you that have kids in the terrible age of two go, oh God, for 21. But he didn't do that, did he? Well, let's look and see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So see, God said human families were his idea. And what we have is very interesting. In this home that God had established, he established this sequence, let's follow it. He established a man and a woman, both, first of all, committed to Jesus Christ or to God. You see, there's nothing more important in the establishment of a home than a husband and a wife both being Christians. And the reason for that is this. When we die, when we go to heaven, there is no more family. That relationship is dissolved in heaven. Now, heaven is going to be greater than we can ever imagine, so it means whatever God's got designed for us there is better than even here. But that's why God is first of all concerned that when a man and a woman are brought together in marriage, that they're what? We talked about this, that they're one in the Lord. Anything away from one in the Lord is not God's will. It doesn't matter who she is or who he is. It's not God's will. Now, some of you are already in that today. 
you have to stay there and you have to work through it. But it's hell often. So if you're getting ready to go there, don't go there. So we have a man and a woman, first of all, committed to God, because that's where we're going to end up. Then they're committed to who? To each other for life. And that's where we're at. And then out of this, God says, multiply and fill the earth. We're doing pretty good, aren't we? We're filling the earth. Now from this, coming from this home, we have a godly man and a godly woman. And then we have godly children. Now why are they that way? Because here's what God wants. This little environment that we call home is the place where children are molded for life. And God wants you as parents to teach them the things we're going to share with you. Now, the number one goal is this. See, we want to teach them to be educated, good in sports, be in the paper, kind people, respecting to adults. Those things are wonderful. They're all good. But the primary thing you need to do in your homes is teach your kids to know God. It's spiritual. See, there's only two things that are eternal. Listen to me this morning. There's only two things that are going to last forever. Number one is the Word of God. The Bible says that. And number two is people. So when you understand that children that are coming out, they're not just kids that are going to grow to 70 and then go in the ground and be dead. 90. They're people that are going to live forever somewhere. Heaven or hell. And that's the challenge. So from our homes, we're supposed to raise these kids godly. Now is there a challenge from Satan on the other end to destroy that process? You betcha. You see, God knew the power of a godly home. So it is Satan. So Satan is in trying to destroy the home, split the husband, split the wife, destroy the kids. Is he doing any good? Doing very well. Now see, the problem is he's doing very well in Christian churches. And that's because we don't understand the principles that I want to teach you this morning. Now, as I was reading the newspaper the last few weeks, I saw kind of how the world works. Here's Newsweek. How to build a better boy. Great article. Talks about all the secular things. Where's the religious aspect? They need God. Just like the rest of the world needs God. Probably had, listen, no godly upbringing. What do you expect them to do? Is this what we want our kids to be? So Satan offers all of these things. And you and I as parents must realize that there is a force against us. But God had other ideas. So he challenges us as parents. Let's turn to the book of Malachi. Just before you go to Matthew, first book in the New Testament, and then, and then go back. And right there you'll find, in that area you'll find Malachi. God had a challenge to parents. God's challenge to parents is godly children. Kids that know God, that understand God, that firsthand have an experience with Him. Now this is in a passage of Scripture where God speaks about hating divorce. But let's look what He says in verse 15. Malachi 2, verse 15. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are His. And why one? Because He was seeking what? Godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. So God says, it's not complicated. Out of this home are going to come loving children. People, kids, boys, girls that are going to live somewhere forever. 
What's my goal coming out of this home? He says it there. Godly offspring. So what God is looking for is a godly husband who knows Jesus Christ, a godly wife who knows Jesus Christ, raising godly children. That's the goal. The family is the place where the kids are shaped in their direction for life. This is where the husband and wife are to be the loving role models. Now, even as I'm saying some of that, some of you are saying this morning, well, I didn't have that kind of upbringing. What do you mean? I mean, I didn't find God until two weeks ago. And I'm 30. I'm 50. I never had that. I had good parents, but I never learned about God. What is the deal here? Well, that shows you this morning one thing, God's grace and God's mercy. Let's put everybody at ease today. I'm going to ask all those couples that are perfect parents just to come up on stage this morning. <laughs> I want you to join Linda and I. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because there are no perfect parents, is that correct? As you look at your life, either as a child, being raised in a home, a grandparent, as you look at your life, your life is filled with bumps just like every other life. I can say this morning that both of our children know Jesus Christ. They're Christians. Were we perfect parents? Far from it. We failed. It's God's grace. We tried. That was our goal. We were raised, my wife and I, in Christian homes. Both had Christian parents. Rarities. Our kids were raised in a Christian home. They were virgins when they married. They married Christian mates. Our son already been through a divorce. The wife walked away. Supposed Christian. We don't know. We've all heard, haven't we? We all come with disasters. We all come with tough things, but we try. You have to just start where you're at and go forward. You can't go back. You can't go back 30 years. You can't go back a week. You start where you're at and say, wherever I'm at, my parents weren't godly. Man, I wish I'd had parents like you. Well, we weren't perfect. And the only reason our kids are saved today is not because of Linda and I, really. It's because of God's grace and His mercy. By the way, they have to make their own choice. Some of you have wayward kids, and you're partly responsible, maybe almost fully responsible. We'll give you some responsibilities at the end to do. So, so don't be bitter. Just take you where you're at. You can, that's all we can do. Those of you that have young children today, man, you have great privilege ahead. You're going to hear the Word. Something some of you older people never heard, ever. And you say, if I could go back 30 years and hear what you're going to teach today, it would have made a difference. It probably would have. But that's what Satan has done. He's stolen the truth of the Word from us. So relax. Some of you are single parents. You're saying, well, Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about dads. You're going to talk about this. There isn't any dad image in our home. That's all right. Anytime you're a Christian and you have God, you're a majority. Do you got it? Do you got it? You're already a majority. So God will do double duty. Single mom, single dad. God will do double duty. So let's go through this and see. Now, how young should I start teaching my kids to try to be godly? Well, CNN says research suggests babies learn vocabulary in the first year. By seven and a half months, a baby can consistently tell the difference between sound-alike words cut and cup. In Mark chapter 10, parents were bringing their children to Jesus so that he could bless them. But the disciples thought it was bothersome. Jesus displayed his heart for children when he adamantly insisted that the children be allowed to come. 
The Lord wants to have a relationship with children for them to have a long life of faithfulness and trust in Him. Parents have to decide who is going to influence their kids, the world or God. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we continue learning about how to raise godly children according to the Word. Pastor Mark will challenge parents to examine their own lives and their own relationships with God because children model their own behavior after their parents. We will hear what Scripture says about how visible our faith should be and how our actions impact our children. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.